When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Good Risings, I'm Jackie. And I'm Brian. And this is Grateful Grains. Welcome back. This week, we're exploring cutting-edge advancements that have the potential to change the trajectory of human life. We got it started Monday with reversing age. Yesterday, we looked into extinct species. And today, we're talking 3D printing tissue. There are currently hundreds of thousands of people on transplant lists waiting for critical organs like kidneys, hearts, and livers that could save their lives. Unfortunately, there aren't nearly enough donor organs available to fill that demand. Medical science liaison Dr. Tanika Jones poses a potential solution. What if instead of waiting, we could create brand new, customized organs from scratch? That's the idea behind bioprinting, a branch of regenerative medicine currently under development. We're not able to print complex organs just yet, but simpler tissues, including blood vessels and tubes responsible for nutrient and waste exchange are already in our grasp. Dr. Jones goes on to explain that bioprinting is a biological cousin of 3D printing, a technique that deposits layers of material on top of each other to construct a three-dimensional object, one slice at a time. Instead of starting with metal, plastic, or ceramic, a 3D printer for organs and tissues uses bioink, a printable material that contains living cells. She goes on to share that the bulk of many bioinks are water-rich molecules called hydrogels. Mixed into those are millions of living cells, as well as various chemicals, which encourage cells to communicate and grow. Some bioinks include a single type of cell, while others combine several different kinds to produce more complex structures. Say you want to print a meniscus, which is a piece of cartilage in the knee that keeps the shin bone and thigh bone from grinding against each other. It's made up of cells called chondrocytes. You'd need a healthy supply of them to use as bioink. These cells can come from donors whose cell lines are replicated in a lab, or they might originate from a patient's own tissue to create a personalized meniscus less likely to be rejected by their body. There are several printing techniques, but the most popular is extrusion-based bioprinting. In this process, bioink gets loaded into a printing chamber and pushed through a round nozzle attached to a printhead. It emerges from a nozzle that's rarely wider than 400 microns in diameter and can produce a continuous filament roughly the thickness of a human fingernail. A computerized image or file guides the placement of the strands, either onto a flat surface or into a liquid bath that helps hold the structure in place until it stabilizes. These printers are fast, producing the meniscus in about half an hour. After printing, some bioinks will stiffen immediately. Others need UV light or an additional chemical or physical process to stabilize the structure. If the printing process is successful, the cells in the synthetic tissue will begin to behave the same way cells do in real tissue, signaling to each other, exchanging nutrients, and multiplying. Dr. Jones continues by sharing that we can already print relatively simple structures like the meniscus. 
bioprinted bladders have also been successfully implanted, and printed tissue has promoted facial nerve regeneration in rats. Researchers have created lung tissue, skin, and cartilage, as well as miniature semi-functional versions of kidneys, livers, and hearts. However, replicating the complex biochemical environment of a major organ is a steep challenge. Extrusion-based bioprinting may destroy a significant percentage of cells in the ink if the nozzle's too small or if the printing pressure is too high. One of the most formidable challenges is how to supply oxygen and nutrients to all the cells in a full-size organ. That's why the greatest successes so far have been with structures that are flat or hollow, and why researchers are busy developing ways to incorporate blood vessels into bioprinted tissue. Dr. Jones poses a final thought. There's tremendous potential to use bioprinting to save lives and advance our understanding of how our organs function. And the technology opens up a dizzying array of possibilities, such as printing tissues with embedded electronics. Could we one day engineer organs that exceed current human capability or give ourselves features like unburnable skin? How long might we extend human life by printing and replacing our organs? And exactly who and what will have access to this technology and its incredible output? Thanks so much for joining us on Grateful Grains. You can find us on Instagram at Good Risings, or you can find me at B McMuffin. And you can find me at Jacqueline M. Wood underscore one. We'll be back again tomorrow for day four of our week on the cutting edge. Until then, remember, a better tomorrow starts with today. Good Risings is presented by Cavalry Audio. Did you know that most vitamin D3 supplements come from sheep's wool? I'm Kat, founder of Ritual. We're making traceability the new standard for the supplement industry. When I was pregnant, I couldn't find a multivitamin I could trust, so I created my own. Ours is made traceable, third-party tested, and clean label project certified. Oh, and our vitamin D3? It comes from sustainably harvested lichen from England, not sheep. Trace for yourself with 25% off at ritual.com slash podcast.